I'm Ruby. And I'm Elijah. And this is a podcast on faith and current affairs. Back after a few months, Ruby has landed in South Africa. So if he was listening to our last episode, um, she said that she was um, going somewhere abroad and she never uh, chose where she was going. But she chose South Africa. And Ruby, how, how has it been for you so far in South Africa? Oh, yeah, it's been so good. So I've been here for nearly two months. It's two months. It's one month and two weeks tomorrow. Um and yeah, I've just been serving a church here and helping our friends charity, um, where they get to yeah. train uh theology to pastors, um, not just in South Africa but in like Mozambique and further, like um Tanzania, Myanmar, Pakistan. So it's really cool like what's happening. Mm. Um so I'm just helping a bit of the social media. Um and I've just been able to meet loads of cool people in their church as well. Um Nice. Yes, yeah, so that is why we are joined by Leitu today. Um, yes, and um, so yeah, we'll just get started by um, yeah, Leitu. Do you wanna introduce yourself? Just do the do the basics. Um, yeah. Hi everyone. Um, my name is Gugulatu or Leitu for short. Um, so yeah, I met Ruby at church, which was quite cool. So she was introduced one Sunday that she's here for. Um, for a few months and she'd be serving and she's looking to just get involved in any and everything. So on my day-to-day job, I work as an ecologist um, where we specialize with wetlands. Um, but my passion, my, my, my love, first love is teaching. So mm. that's how I got to know um, the couple that um, Ruby is also working with um, because of just the love and how they taught theology, just the word of God in such a beautiful, profound way. Actually, even in the first, it's the first time that I've understood the Bible with such incredible context, history, and themes across. So it, it, it changed my life, literally. And so, yeah, that's, that's me. Mm, that's so good. Oh, great. And um, a lot of people in the UK uh, won't know much about what a township is. Um, just to start off, um, would you be able to tell us where you're from and I guess what township you're living in? Um, so, uh, I have a twin sister firstly. Her name is Gugu. And so my twin sister and, I, my, and our family, we, uh, we, are, we were raised in in Johannesburg so that's one of the major cities in the country and then in that in there there was also um, an area called Soweto which stands for Southwestern Township so a uh, township is like um, so back in before 1994 the apartheid government separated like different urban areas so this was one of them um, where there was just a concentration mainly of like black people in their different tribes. So I grew up in Deep Kloof, um, which is one area where there were um, Zulu-speaking people who used to live. So they would separate it into uh, Sutu, like these are different languages, and so would be segregated tribally. And then you'd also find other areas, maybe in your northern suburbs, 
where you'd find had like mainly um some white people there and you'd find other areas that had your mixed or what we would call colored people which is kind of like I've, I've now recently learned that can be a bit tricky at times mm-hmm. so i think we'll just refer to mixed people mm-hmm. yeah yeah cool um and like you know you live in south africa um have you seen the after effects of apartheid and i mean it may be a bit it may be a bit personal but has it affected you in any way <laughs> and oh, if you can explain what apartheid is because some people may not know that's okay okay cool um i love how we even pronounce apartheid in I different know, ways <laughs> apartheid yes and then like apartheid <laughs> Um, so what I think a lot of it just stems from colonization. So there'd be different nations colonizing the country. And I'm not in any way like a spokesperson for South Africans, but I'm just sharing a bit of my experience. Mm-hmm. So what what that has done is it has led us a lot to separate each other based on our skin color, based on even the language that we speak. So if I'm like with a white person, it's now a thing that okay oh I, I oh by the way i'm black i need to kind of re- remember maybe my place for example mm-hmm. so um what i tend to share is an experience that i've had in canada i went to canada for a trip and when while i was there i forgot i was black because ev what everyone cared about was that i was south african so um when i'm in south africa it's 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 a little bit of a constant reminder what i mean about that is that my dad grew up around your 1976 and this is one of maybe the most publicized like Hector Peterson story where there were school kids who stood up against Afri- uh, um, uh, apartheid government where they wanted to then teach like if not most all of the languages in 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 Afrikaans which is like a group of people who were from like your Dutch countries mm. so it's like imagine even being taught geography in another foreign language mm. so the effects of that has kind of also led into that even the schooling the system that I uh, I went to so I I did English and I did Afrikaans which is one of the languages yeah. so I did not even do Zulu in school so it's it's relearning or re- teaching myself like how to kind of write Zulu. So I was in your very, own language. In my own language. So I was blessed yeah. in my family that we spoke Zulu. Mm. So that's not always the case. Because mm. then it's kind of like it's gone. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So um, yeah. I think it's it's still a bit tricky. Especially maybe when you find outside of the church community. Because we still categorize. There's still tensions. As much as it's unspoken mm. of. There's still kind of like tensions. And... There are times where it's outright racism and there are other times where there's a cultural difference because mm-hmm. but because of the lens that we see through it's hard to distinguish the difference and I like I remember even when we were t- we were learning in a, in biblical theology looking at even Genesis 11 of how they were building this big tower and when they were building that tower what happened was that even the explanation was that it's then they they they, they speak one language it's like slavery yet when mm. when god came it's like he separated them in their languages so in essence he brought freedom mm. so it's like even in our church it's us celebrating each other yes i am black mm. yes you are white yes you are africans yes you are whatever language but 
be you mm. and let us be the kingdom of God. Because even in Revelations, like the book of Revelations, even throughout scripture, you see the theme of like, like uh, spread the gospel to all nations. Even the new temple of Israel, it speaks about us being in one accord. Mm. So that's what I love because even as Christians, it's like we need to remember, yes, maybe you are British. Yes, I'm South African. But in the kingdom mm. of God, we're brothers and sisters. Mm. And that's the the message that even when it's being taught, that's one that we need to to have it unify us. Because mm. it hurts more when you experience racism in the church. Mm, definitely. It takes that a little deeper because it means that you will take your race as an idol above God. That's so good. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I'm just speaking on, because I've only been here for not that long, um, but their church is really lovely because it's really mixed, like really intentionally mixed. And they do worship songs in different languages. And it's very like lovely and really cool to see like um, just different ways of expressing. <laughs> Sorry, there's a massive okay. grasshopper. A grasshopper. Just, <laughs> just African bugs and, and animals just, just so randomly flying oh to us. Like, like it is massive. Yeah, okay. Back to our... Uh, <laughs> the church. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you were so calm. <laughs> We're recording a podcast. How <laughs> 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 be calm. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, right. Um, back to it. Um, yes, yes, and um, next we are. Yes, it's a lovely church. Um, and it's like, so... Um, you were speaking a little bit before about how you were saying that Christianity could be seen or has been seen as the colonizer's religion. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about that? Um, I, uh, yeah. I think it depends, again, on who colonized. Like, if you look at even Africa at times, you see different Africans see that, okay, the language you speak tells us who colonized you so if there's like a lot of french being spoken for example you know that okay this was like the the french people colonized it if there's portuguese being spoken as the main language yeah. like mozambique yeah. you know that it was the portuguese people who colonized mm. it yeah you, cause, sorry to yeah. interrupt but you were saying how like you you ask what the their colonizer was so you can work out their language yes um you see so kind of that's how we understand or see that okay maybe this is the person who colonized in the history of it so in our history it's it it was several people it's like the english and then it was like what we'd call now the africans like slash the dutch Mm -hmm. but then when we look at how the gospel was brought to the to us you see it mainly being Mm. through the church and what skin color did that person have? That person was white. But then in that person being white, not always does it have a good, uh, a good connotation. Because sometimes when you, when you come and you conquer a place, you want the people to be more like you. Mm. And yet, when we look at the history, the biblical history, even the Bible doesn't belong to white people. Mm. It's like the Bible was from your Middle Eastern type of countries. So it's not... It's not a white man's religion. This is, this is one that even like the disciples needed to take the Bible to your European countries. Mm-hmm. So we are all like at the benefit and we are all thankful that it was just a small place in Israel where the Bible, because you would never have thought it. You would have actually thought, oh, maybe the English, maybe the Americans can actually bring the Bible to us. 
So yeah. Mm. Mm. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, how about the effects? You know, you know, like, is there much racism now in South Africa? How how bad is it over there? Um, it varies. Like it varies. Mm. Um, I think the one thing that I'm mainly I pray for is that we learn to see that there, there's so much we share in common more than what we actually are, have different, like are mm. so different mm. about us. There is so much, like even if when you look at, like even when you look at your Indian community, there's like there are things that bring us together. Even when you if, like look at even the Bible, yes, they are Israelites. Yes, when you look at family, at love, like the basic foundations are the same. But the only thing is that mm. sometimes you find other people don't see a person. When I, see they, when I say they don't see them is that when you see a person's race, you already categorize them as maybe as not important. For example, you'll see someone on the street, you won't even look past them because they are of a lower class than mm. you. So it varies. There are, there are areas where it's like, it's so, it's like we've grown so much and it's, it's, it's been so better. And there are some areas where obviously if it's a majority, one race that's there, what, what ends up happening is that you'll find that it's beca- it becomes more segregated because mm. one culture mm. will be like, be more like us. Instead of us saying, oh, okay, you're a different culture. I'm something else. Maybe we could actually learn from each other and celebrate yeah. our differences. Mm. Mm. Um, and I've seen that there are two places where people live in the townships you wouldn't find any white people and in the bigger houses it's majority white is that correct? My, in majority of the time yes so um, I live in a town called Peter Maritzburg and I've also been shocked because I grew up in Johannesburg where it was was very segregated in terms of like you'd see, I'd never see a white person in a township, maybe one or two who choose to come and live there for the sake of community. In Peter Marysburg, there's like a township around here where you see that there's, there's a mix of people. So, and, and, and like, I think the system was designed in that way, that it benefits, it benefits one race more or one or two race and then the others it's like you 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 live in the what's in a township type of area but i guess you see that even across the world you'll see that that there'll be areas where maybe other people will call the slums or there'll be areas where you'll mm. find a majority where there's like high crime rates and all of those issues so it differs because then now again with um with um with just uh what's this forgot the word it's not <laughs> um with uh the benefits of just um i need you to pause it <laughs> um with the benefits of democracy what you're then seeing is that like government is now also even trying to ensure that there's more for representation in organizations and because then even the jobs that now are available which like even in our family my twin sister and i were the first people to get a degree mm. qualification and before that, it was like the type of jobs you'd get was different. And compared to now, like you still get that there's now a very high population or in, uh, an increased rather compared to what it was before, that there are people who are living in suburban areas. So it's like people are more able to afford and increase more into the middle class, mm-hmm. upper middle class. And yeah, but you'll still find the differences with even in the lower class, maybe in mixed race people, you'll still find them some in townships, you'll find Indian communities in townships because they, it's, they, they, it's like the areas are still the same. So you'll still find a little bit of 
like you find areas where there are Indian communities that live in townships, but there are also Indian people who live in like your suburban areas and who are very well educated and are thriving. Mm. 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 Is there is there uh, a lot of interracial marriage? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think um, not as much, but it's growing. So I, for me personally, it's been interesting seeing kind of first world countries and seeing that it's not a big deal to have an interracial type of marriage. Because um, my twin sister is like engaged and it's also interracial. Mm. So you also find at times that they will also face a bit of racial discrimination yeah. from both sides. Sure. For like there are other black people who don't like it. And there are also other mm. white people who don't approve of it. So... We, I think yeah. since we're still kind of like a third um, a third world country, like slash second world country, because South Africa is like in between. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's wow. growing. It's not at maybe at the peak you'd find maybe in your, like your England or your France or your USA type of countries, but it's becoming more and more um, frequent because it, it happened even in the apartheid times. It's just that it was maybe not, it was not maybe legal to be married um, to a person who's not maybe your race, but this is also just my assumption. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, and just as we start wrapping up, my final question will be, what is your hope slash prayer for South Africa? Um, so, I, I, um, I love my country. Like, I, I love it because, firstly, it's beautiful. Mm. Secondly, it's very diverse. And we recently had another exchange, um, not an exchange student, but she just came from France to come work her for a few months. And she experienced everything from speaking to a billionaire to speaking to people who have little to know nothing, going from across the country to our coastlines and everywhere. And she loved it so much because of the humility. And there's a word that we'd normally call something called Ubuntu. Like it's, you see, oh, the language is very rich and beautiful. So if someone says it's, it's like Ubuntu, it's being able to see the humility and just the love and the warmth mm. that is there. So um, I think my prayer for our country is that w we need God. Like we need more of God and not just to also even at times claim to be a Christian and not walk out in obedience. And I guess that's maybe even the prayer for the world. It's like even when you look at Peter writing, um, he was writing a letter to people who are, were living in maybe modern day Turkey across, the, he, and he's writing them and he's telling them to live their time in, in, in exile, in, in fear, so that, and in integrity. So he's touching back to the book of Daniel. And when he's touching back in that, he's looking at how Daniel was faithful even when he lived in Babylon. So I think it goes back to all of mm -hmm. us as Christians living our lives in exile as we are here, but in fear and in, 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 in such fear of who God is. So my, my, my prayer again, it's salvation. The same way that even wow. many people will be listening to this, we still hear, we're having um, people in America where there's like a revival taking place. And it's, it's like, I keep praying for, for, for us to experience that because we... we like we need to see each other and and, and and we are. So there's like this this growth, this movement where we're seeing each other as we are one in Christ. So we not only need to be one in Christ 
as South Africans. We need to be one in Christ, even as Africans. We need to be one in Christ, even as the world. So I'm, I'm quite thankful that a lot of what maybe sometimes what you, um, first world countries would go through, we still like 10 years behind <laughs> because I think it gives us yeah. the grace to learn from each other mm. because there's like gender issues, there's, there's race and there's all of things that are happening and I'm looking mm. and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I don't know how I would cope. And it may, maybe at times it makes me feel uncomfortable, but at the same time, it's like, I, I pray that we become more like Christ because I think if we see it in that lens and we know that that's the hope we, we have and we live for, we are able to love each other into the kingdom of God because it's like it's gender, it's race. Yes, maybe race is one of the high things that is lived in our country, but there are other other topics, there are other topics that are ongoing. Mm -hmm. So I pray for our government sure. that there's salvation. I pray for even, even us as the church that we live in unity. It's hard being a Moses. It's not easy being in an interracial type of church. There's so many cultural differences. It's like I can offend you by saying something. Yeah. I can do something small or and then I'm offended because it's so different. And no one's there's no class that says right. When you're black, this is what you say and what you don't say. Yeah. Or when you're white, this is what you don't say. But then we, we apply right. the principles of Christ. Mm. So I think my, my prayer is that it's like I think we statistically we are ranked as maybe a country that has a high Christian population. But then when you look at the authenticity, when you look at the gold that's there and you refine it, the pop that percentage decreases very drastically. So I pray more people who are on fire for Christ because I think that's, that's who we need more than anything because then we are able to still see that we are one more than Ruby's white, more than Elijah is, is, is like black, but we are saying that men, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And mm -hmm. yeah, I think we, it's, I, I think it's, it's, it's a good prayer. I love that as a prayer. Yeah. And not just for here as well, for the world. Mm. I think, yeah. Yeah. So what is one thing that you specifically are grateful for at the minute? Um, I would say that I'm mainly grateful for my family. So as I mentioned earlier that my dad grew up, like both my parents grew up in the apartheid times and you would think that with my dad being there in, 19, in the Soweto uprising in 1976 and facing all that they did, we would have grown up in a way that there's, there's a fear or hatred of people who oppressed us, but instead there is not. There's such an openness and love from them. And it was like the hatred wasn't taught to us because I think it's helped how even the relationships that I have, for example, um, my housemate that I live with, it's an interracial um, sharing of accommodation and we're living with, uh, so she's a, um, a white South African and our landlords are uh, a Canadian couple. The husband grew up in Botswana and the wife in Canada. So we are quite, we're very mixed, which I'm so thankful for. And we all have in common just the love of Christ and being born again. So it's been so beautiful to witness the gospel in even how we just live together. 
we literally like have the same type of personality differences i'm extroverted she's introverted but just how we get to walk together even when it's like we can we grew up in different backgrounds but how we are just centered in christ so it's been so restorative and it gives a different narrative because each time that maybe i'd invite my family um to come spend the weekend they would just they'd see that it's it's different it's not just what one would say is a typical south african um scenario but it's just one that is rooted in just us being one in christ so even like very good friends of mine i mixed couple that we go to church with so it's so beautiful that even in different tribes another friend of mine is a different tribe from a province called Limpopo, and it's it's so beautiful when we all come together and we love the lord and we truly are just seeing each other for who god says we are and we're encouraging and praying for each other so yeah that's what i'm truly grateful for Oh, well, thank you um, for that. Thank you, so um, thank you for telling us your experience. And, and you know, it's great to see how God has led you to where you are now. And I um, really do appreciate that. Yeah, I love you guys. Thank you. Um, yeah, shout out to my family and my housemate that said I shouldn't say a shout out to her, who's probably going to kill me. <laughs> but <laughs> I love you guys. And yeah, I can't wait to just even keep popping in here and there. It'll be quite cool. Yay. Definitely. Thank you. Definitely.